to A Mess Nonetheless. I am Rachel. I am Melissa. And we are sisters. sisters. That was not done very well. (laughs) (laughs) But we are sisters. And uh, today's episode is the one with constant overwhelm. And I think lots, if not all women understand when you say the constant overwhelm. Overwhelm. It is a part of our vocabulary. (laughs) It's absolutely. Oh my gosh. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And this is kind of a perfect um, topic, I would say, for my life, because I am not even two weeks post-surgery from having shoulder surgery, which is crazy because um, what that means is that for six straight weeks, and again, I'm like 12, 13 days into this recovery, I cannot use my right hand. And ladies, let me tell you the things that are so awkward without oh, using your right hand. hand. You're right-handed. Correct. I'm right-handed. Dominant yes. hand. yeah. And so what I have learned is that it is incredibly overwhelming to wipe my own butt left-handed. <laughs> please, please, everyone try it today. Whichever hand you're dominant, please just try wiping yourself <laughs> with your other hand. And then please report back to me because <laughs> my friend who had this surgery a couple of times warned me and I was like, I better start practicing. And she was not wrong. It is very awkward. <laughs> I hope that no one's takeaway from today's podcast is I learned how hard it is to wipe my butt with my other hand. <laughs> Except if you ever have shoulder surgery, you will thank me that I have warned you. <laughs> other things that are super overwhelming with my non-dominant left hand is brushing my teeth. And I had some friends come over the other day because I was just having a really bad mental day. And they came over and they hung out in my bedroom with me. And we all looked down at my foot and everyone was like, what's on your foot? And I'm like, I think it's toothpaste. That would make sense. I was having a hard day and I was like, you guys, it's really hard to brush my teeth left hand. (laughs) I can't, I can't fix my own hair. I don't have two hands. And not from the first scenario. That's true. That's true. And and at least I can still wash my hands very well. (laughs) Because going from one to the other is very important. And yeah, I can't, I can't blow dry my own hair. I can't put it in a clip. I can't put it in a ponytail. Like I can't do anything. It's so I'm just relying on people so much. And honestly. I feel super overwhelmed most of the minutes of my day, but what I have, you know, I've had to learn so much through this process of relying on other people. And I know, Melissa, you've had seasons, many, many, many seasons of having overwhelming circumstances that you have to rely on other people. Do you want to chime in here? You want me to? Yeah. So my, um, my husband was an overroad trucker for the first 10 to 12 years of us having kids. So like the first 15 so a little bit more years of us being married. And, um, so I felt like a single mom for the, for a long, long time, for over a decade. And, um, I won't go into any details because there would be a million, but yeah, I lived in a state of 29 episodes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, nobody's got time for that. And also it's not that interesting, but I definitely <laughs> lived in a place of feeling overwhelmed almost all the time. And I, I had to rely on other people, which I don't know how you guys are, but I know for Rachel and for myself, we're very Mm self-sufficient people. We're very independent. We're good at getting things done. We're fast at what we do. So when we have to rely on other people, it, it's not, it's, it's a pride thing, obviously, but it also feels really out of character. And so, and like, we're failing when you, when you're overwhelmed to the point where you have to rely on other people, when you when you have our personalities, especially, Mm -hmm. um, and I know we're not alone, it can feel like we're failing. So absolutely. And honestly, like one of my least favorite things in life is feeling like I failed. It's just, I don't handle it well. And so obviously I came into this season knowing, Hey, I'm not gonna be able to do these things, 
but every single day I have to like point, like recognize my own flesh in my, in my scenario, because in my circumstances, because my flesh says you should be able to do it all. My flesh says you are put together. Like you shouldn't need to rely on other people. And I, every day have to like point out my flesh and like confess it to God and be like, I'm so sorry that I think I should I think have I'm it all better today. than this. <laughs> and I think I'm bad. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm not like, I mean, I could literally lose my right arm tomorrow. It could have to right. be cut off. And then it's like, what is my life just worth nothing? Of course yeah. not. And every day I have to recognize my own flesh and my own sin in it. And, and it's just constant how much well, I think about my own self and what I should be able to yeah. accomplish. I remember very clearly. So during this time in my life, I started running long distance mm-hmm. and that was just such a good mental place for me to get away and just kind of be without kids around and whatever. And I remember very clearly being on the road one day and God saying, who do you think you are that you are like the only human I created that would never struggle through life? Like that actually needs help from other people. And oh, like, snap. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I realized how true that was. And I was thinking yeah. way too highly of myself yeah. that I, that I thought that I was above being overwhelmed. And yeah. Being, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think what happens is that we're always trying to get to that. I am, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm alone. I'm always trying to get to that place where I'm no longer overwhelmed. Yeah. Where everything is in its place. Balance word comes into play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's using air quotes. Right. Air balance. quotes. <laughs> we have 13 children between the two of us, quote unquote, <laughs> there, balance. There ain't no really balance. <laughs> <laughs> there, we have no control over the circumstances in our life. They just happen to us. And yeah. no, but it's like, we're never going to get above it. We're never mm-hmm. going to get beyond it. And so then it's going, well, okay. So in my overwhelm, then what? How do I deal with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I deal with it? Mm-hmm. So something that I've been doing is um, I go for a walk pretty much every day. Um, I know it's a bad day when I've not gotten on the walk. <laughs> because it really is very good for me mentally and spiritually. And I, um, I do these like affirmations and I read through them on my phone and I say them out loud and I pray through them and they're all based on Bible verses. But my friend Hannah just gave me a new one the other day. Um, actually a couple of weeks ago, it was really good. It's based on Psalm 23 and it's when I toil with anxiety and overwhelm, I am not toiling with God. God does not lead me to anxiety and overwhelm. He leads me in peace and he gives me rest and he does not lead me to do things on my own. He wants me to come to him. And so I keep reminding myself of that affirmation when I'm toiling with anxiety and overwhelm, I am not toiling with God. So not that we're, I mean, we're never probably on this side of heaven going to stop being overwhelmed or being anxious if that's part of it. But when we do, it's like, okay, but this isn't me. When I'm sitting in that, I'm not, I'm not sitting with God. It's when I go to him that he leads me out of that, of the feeling. My circumstances might not change, but he leads me out of the feeling of overwhelm. Right. Well, and something I have learned to do, and Rachel, I think you do this too, is so it's, it's so, I mean, God's words are beautiful and they are real and they are true. In fact, I was up at three in the morning with my 14 year old, cause he had woken me up and asked me to pray for him. And we mm-hmm. had to pray against the enemy and name some truths, but that mm-hmm doesn't always change our headspace. Right. And so what I have learned is to to take the Bible verse, but then also put logic with it. And usually if we pause long enough at what feels so overwhelming, what feels like it's setting us over the edge and be like, okay, what actually can I like just walk away from right now? We can often walk away from a lot of what actually is in front of us, or we can realize that it's actually maybe not that big a deal. So like my 
I don't know about you guys, but I tend to get overwhelmed by the small things. It's like I can handle the big things yes. and then the little things like the, the straw two- that broke the camel's back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, so like for me, it's often my kitchen when my kitchen is a mess, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have four teenage boys living in my house. They don't understand that when I, I even bought a little, um, sign for my dishwasher that says clean or dirty. So they know, and I'll leave the dishwasher open if it's dirty and all the dishes stack up on the counter, even Losers. though it says dirty. You know, it's, and that I can come home. I, I, I'm a server at night and I can come home at night and I'm tired and that's a mess. And I, that can push me over the edge. Yep. And so I have learned to talk to myself and be like, okay, Lord, clearly this is not that big of a deal. I can either go get the boys and be like, come and load the dishwasher. Or if I don't feel like talking to them, <laughs> I just do it myself. But I we have the ability to pair logic with yeah. the whole spirit. And um, because sometimes we need like tangible action. Right. Like, you know, and and that is something that I do a lot. Okay. Did I just drop food on the floor as I'm trying to get out of the house? Yes. Thankfully, I have three dogs that are overwhelming, but they can come and look it up really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. Cause um I was doing these affirmations for honestly months. And I didn't feel like much was changing in my mind. It was kind of like, I know these are true, but nothing's really changing. And one day I just brought logic into it. And I was like, okay, logically, if I believe that all of these things are true for my sister and for my best friends and every woman I know, then like, and I believe the Bible's true, then that means logically these apply to me. Because the first couple months I started doing these affirmations, I just wasn't buying in. It's like, I didn't believe the Bible wasn't true, but it wasn't it wasn't connecting with me. Right. And so like one of my most basic affirmations that I, I do is based on Psalm 139 and it's, I'm always on God's mind. So one Psalm 139 says, you know, when I sit and when I rise and you perceive my thoughts from afar, right? God, he knows everything, but I'm always on God's mind. And one day I suddenly was thinking about the verse where it's like, God knows when like a sparrow falls out of the sky. Mm-hmm. He knows and he cares. And it was like, okay. So the field. <laughs> so Psalm 139 is a great verse, but it wasn't connecting with me until the logic came in. It was like, okay, logically, oh my gosh, if God cares about a bird falling from the sky, <laughs> okay, logically, then I can deduce like he freaking cares about me. Good thoughts. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I'm always on God's mind that that affirmation, like it made it changed something in my heart and it changed something in my mind. And when I'm overwhelmed, I'm always on his mind. He knows that I'm overwhelmed and he wants me to come to him. He wants me to not sit in my anxiety and my overwhelm. He wants me to come and say, okay, where are you in this? I know I'm on your mind. I know you care about the dang sparrows. So I know that you care (laughs) about me. And it was totally the logic that has brought these biblical affirmations alive to me. Well, and I want to speak to all of our friends listening who are like, but I'm not a logical person, Melissa and Rachel. I'm a really emotional person. <laughs> oh, that's true. So I would them. Like you to know that Melissa is actually a very emotional person. Um, if you know anything sure. about the Enneagram, I am a four, which is kind of the most ridiculous one on. Wah, on- wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, and I, and I am speaking love to all my forests because I have found that I like who I am in that. But right. what I'm saying is that I, I am not without deep, intense feelings and thoughts and emotions, but I have learned that those deep, intense emotions don't have to rule me. And so if you're listening to this thinking, but I'm not logic by nature. Yeah. Now I do have a bent in me that is logical. My dad our dad is the most logical person in the world. And He's I, a do five. Part of, yeah, I do have a part of him in me. But my point is, is that this isn't just advice for people who are very logical. This is for people yeah. who are really emotional. And um, 
it doesn't really matter where your mind swings. We have control over it. That's right. And the first step is just recognizing I have control over my mind. That's not feel like it, but we do. Yeah. We can't control what comes into our mind. So if thoughts are coming into your mind, I don't want anybody to be discouraged. Like, right. Well, I have control of that. Like we don't have control over what comes into our mind. Just like we don't can't control like what comes to us in our dreams. But when we wake up, we can choose like in a dream, are we going to dwell on that? Or are we going to say, well, it's not truth. It's just a dream. Just like the thoughts that come into our head. Like, is that true? And I have spent... I spend a good year, a solid year, basically not uh, taking any thoughts captive and not redirecting them and not telling my mind truth and and turning them over to God, like not being obedient to Christ in them. I spent about a year doing that in, I would say 95% of my life. And I'm actually writing another book right now about basically how terrible that is and what havoc it wreaked on me and the change that has come as I've started being the boss of my own mind, because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. Well, if I have thoughts coming in my mind, that's like, your life is so overwhelming. You're all alone. Nobody don't reach out to anyone. Cause I, I do that. I shut down and I withdraw. Don't reach out to everybody. You don't need, or anyone, you don't need anybody. No one's going to come for you. And then I just you're believe that nobody wants, they're going to, yeah, you failed again. If yeah. I just sit in that, like one, yeah, I'm going to start believing it's true even more. And it's going to become like the anthem of my life. And who is going to benefit in my life around me if that's how I'm living? But now I'm like, um, excuse me, that's so stupid. I can call all of these people. I mean, even if every one of them can, can't help, like I can call on them. I can ask for prayer. I can take those thoughts, smash them. That's not true. I'm not a failure. I'm not weak. Do I fail sometimes? Yes. Am I weak sometimes? Yes. But that doesn't mean that I am a failure or that I am weak. Like God has made me a strong woman and I have to remind my own mind of that when my mind is telling me something else. Yes, absolutely. And I also think that um, something else I want to address when you said that you, you know, you can talk yourself into realizing I can call people. I can talk to people. The other side of the coin that I see is I hear, I've heard women say, I don't like to ask for prayer for myself, or I don't like to talk about the negative things in my life because Mm. either, because I don't know what, you know, there's lots of reasons behind that. But one thing that the Bible makes very clear is that when we bring things to the light, Mm -hmm. it literally diminishes the hold it has. The minute we speak out loud, Mm -hmm. what is tormenting us inside? I mean, and I bet if you guys each sit and think just even the last, like one or two times that you said out loud, what was tormenting you, you were like, oh yeah, it suddenly didn't feel so like it was drowning me and suffocating me. And there is I don't know what, where this comes from, but somewhere in our world, I think women feel like we are supposed to be so strong that we don't rely on each other. Right. And I don't believe at all that that is how God created, no. I mean, created a community. And, right. um, but, and, and I obviously bringing our issues to Jesus is part of bringing it to the light, but I really believe it's bringing it to other people. And I always tell, I have one child who does not like to talk about his feelings at all. Um, all my other four, I love to talk about their feelings all the time. <laughs> this one does not. And I told him since he was a little boy, I'm like, you do not have to tell everything to somebody and you don't have to tell anything to everybody, but you need to tell somebody something because otherwise you're the only one guiding your thought process. And, and then there's nobody who's helping you with it. And so, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's true. And I've learned that over and over in my life, like get it out, confess it, take whatever's in the dark, tormenting us, like you said, and get it out. And it's, it, it, Satan loses his hold on us when we speak it out into the light. So 
So we've talked about a lot of things, obviously. Do we have a challenge for our listener, listeners today, like in this process of feeling overwhelmed? Well, I think that our challenge to you would be, because I think we probably all can experience significant overwhelm on a daily basis. And so when that happens next, whether it's today or tomorrow, stop and look at the situation logically and be like, okay, does does this really need to be taking me down the way it is? And and if it's like, yes, this is like, these are big things, then talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. get on the phone with your best friend or your mom or your, your, your neighbor or message us. If you're like, I don't have somebody to talk to message us. Um, you can voice message us through Instagram, or you can type it out and, um, and, and just say what it is and ask for prayer. And, and I mean, that would be my challenge is to take, you know, Rachel read off several verses that were amazing. Um, take the Holy spirit along with logic and don't let your circumstances drown you. That's right. Well, and I will say, if you're going to start talking to somebody, be really mindful of, are you talking to vents? Mm-hmm. Or are you talking to be productive? Because there's a huge difference between processing for product to be productive than processing to vent. And so be mindful. Cause if you have someone in your life that every time you go to them, they just like, Oh, and they're so negative with you. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They fuel your negativity. Right. That is not the right person to go to go to the person. And honestly, I will say to somebody sometimes like, I just need you to tell yeah. me, um, show me where I need Jesus or show me where I'm in the wrong. Like, let's say I'm frustrated. Someone else has a different topic, but I go to my sister. I will disclaimer with, I need you to show me where I'm in the wrong. Yeah. So it's like, please don't take up my defense and get riled up with me. Like yeah. actually point me in the right direction, point me to Jesus. And my sister's amazing at that anyways, but disclaimer it with your person. Yeah. I don't want to vent. I want to process to how I could do this better. And I want someone who's going to pray for me and, you know, encourage me. So yeah, yeah I like that. 100%. All right. Well, Thank you guys for joining us and our very first podcast recording ever. First one ever. So we are a mess nonetheless. I am Rachel. I'm Melissa. And we are sisters. Yes. Have a great day. Bye guys. Bye.